Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the universe. Today I want to tell you a story about telling you a story. It's raining outside, you can hear a thunderous, thunderous ocean on Bondi Beach coming all the way through my front balcony and into this microphone. So let's call it uh, deliberately placed sound acoustics background volume noise thing person, shall we not? All right, so here goes the story. I'm going to tell this story from beginning to end as best I can. I'm going to change the names of some people to protect the innocent. Many, many, many years ago, I went to New York. Somebody introduced me to a lady by the name of Kia. Kia had a boyfriend called David. David played the drums a lot and Kia worked a lot on her computer and made money, which David didn't. But they lived happily together in the fourth floor of an Upper West Side gorgeous old apartment block that they rented. I, having met Kia in New York and having a little time on my hands, decided that I would do drum classes with David Art, go to art exhibitions and visit off-Broadway shows that David and Kaya loved to do. Kaya was from the middle part of the US and David was an African-American guy of uh, where he was brought up, I'm not sure. But anyway, we lived as a threesome in this house. Uh, of course, um, not as a threesome, like as a threesome, but you know what I mean. Them and me. One day... I went, we went to a poetry reading and I met Kuipo. Kuipo was to become my next partner in life. Kuipo was uh, uh, an exponent of the art of, and she was, as I said, from Hawaii, a genuine Hawaiian human being, uh, born and raised in Hawaii, but spent most of her later years living in Los Angeles and was now in New York teaching and practicing Lomi Lomi Massage. Well, if ever you want to meet somebody that's the perfect candidate for the perfect partnership, meet somebody who loves to practice Lomi Lomi Massage. Kuipo lived on West 144th Street. Now that's about as far down the bottom end of, the, uh, of New York as you can get. And so, in a sense, I had two homes. One with Kuipo and one with Kia. Kuipo came to Australia for one of my visits because I was always flying in and out of the US. I only had a three-month visa. So she came with me and she stayed in uh, Sydney and we had a wonderful time together and then we went back and broke up. Not long after that, I met Pam. Pam was an amazing person who worked for a corporation, but she had her passion. Uh, she worked for a corporation and did home nursing. That's right. She went to houses and visited people and gave them injections, primarily in the world of AIDS. But Pam spent a lot of time at a hospital up on 138th, way down again, the back end of um, New York City, of Manhattan, uh, where there was a hospital built for children who'd been born to parents who had AIDS. And the children, of course, uh, were drug addicted, typically, and AIDS infected. 
And she introduced me to this hospital and I began to work there, part-time, volunteer my time to read stories to the kids in the hospital. I'd catch the train all the way up and walk. Um, eventually I'd walk safely because the people got to know that this uh, person uh, that was walking through was one, a friend of Pam's, two, going to the hospital to do volunteer work and three, uh, not an American. So I got to work in this beautiful, beautiful hospital where all the kids uh, that you would tell stories to most often would not be there after three weeks. Um, yeah, it was an intense experience run by the Catholic Church, a beautiful place. Pam also uh, took me on a camping trip up to Canada. It's my first experience of going to Canada where our tent was invaded by a giant moose. So I always remember Pam and the moose. But Pam and I broke up. She was a little possessive. And so in the process of all this, um, I, Kaya had a friend down in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Her name was Cynthia Steibolt. Cynthia was an artist who painted angels in her uh, Mexican antique studio that she had uh, imported a lot of the woodwork from ancient places down in Mexico. And so I went to stay with Sylvia in this beautiful, Cynthia Steibolt in this beautiful, beautiful ranch that she had. And that's where I met Kevin Costner on this beautiful ranch. And I got to know her and I got to know people in the city of Santa Fe, New Mexico, most gorgeous place. And in the process, in an art gallery, got to meet this Native American lady that I really did fall in love with. But in the process of staying with Cynthia, she introduced me to a family who were doing a project that she thought I would be very good at helping them with. And these people were funded by George Lucas and Steven Spielberg uh, to introduce the Jane technology for non-violence in movies. So how do you put violence in a movie but have it in a way that always the good guys win in some sense or another? So I stayed with this family who were part of the Jane sect. And in the process of staying with this family who were part of the Jane sect, I met Shona Bear, the most amazing indigenous person I've ever met in my life, this power, power woman, and Bear is her uh, surname, but uh, she was, uh, as many um, uh, people were in that part of America, down near Santa Fe, a lot of German men came over for mining and what have you, and sired children, and she was from that uh, heritage, and she did, she did a lot of healing work with women and a lot of things, but in the process of all this, the family uh, uh, that I was staying with, who are members of the Jane sect, who are members, who are friends of Cynthia, announced that they were going to visit an ashram that they loved up in New York State, and would I like to come? And of course, Cynthia, being their friend, joined us. So we all went up to this huge multi-billion dollar Jane ashram in, um, in New York State, where the guru was the global guru of healing with music. And he was this most amazing man that I got to fall in love with and listen to with his music bowls and his musical instruments and, and play this music of healing to your heart. 
and he was just the most transformative person I've ever met. But in the process of staying there, we had to choose where we lived for the night, and Cynthia thought I was going to stay in her room, which hadn't ever happened before, and I didn't want to stay in Cynthia's room, so she got a little bit angry, and she left without me, and so I had to get a lift from there to New York, where Kaya lived, and so... I met this couple and on the way with this couple I uh, really enjoyed their company and that's how I got to work at the United Nations in New York because these two people ran the United Nations uh, office of the Jain sect from the ashram in non-violence and these were very wealthy and very clever and very beautiful people but before Cynthia and I got really separated totally by a contact, I introduced her to my friend here in Australia, Peter Crisp, who uh, is a glassmaker and he makes plates for Tina Turner, who ships and he ships them to her dinner parties. And so those two got connected and Cynthia came to Australia, but I didn't get to see her because she was still grumpy that I had stayed at her house and didn't want to shag her in the ashram. So, um, when I go back, I went all the way back to New York and then I decided that I, what I should do is go down and reintroduce myself to the uh, Native American lady that I'd met in the art shop uh, and which I did and reminded her how wonderful our partnership would be should she decide to do that. And I met this guy, she introduced me to him, he came in the shop and he said he was a medicine man, would love to, and he was this really huge guy and he was sort of half, well I could honestly say I didn't know whether he's indigenous or not because he had very long hair and he was pretty cowboy. Anyway, he took me in his car, a big old cadillac thing, out into the desert and we drove and drove and drove and then when we got out into the desert where we drove and drove, he parked near a tree stump and he opened up the, the briefcase and there it was a skull and there was a rattle and a huge silver gun and we started talking about my role and whether I should stay in Santa Fe, New Mexico or not as he shook the rattle and held the, um, the skull and uh, pointed at the gun. So I decided at that point that I would leave Santa Fe, New Mexico for a while and go back to New York. When I went back to New York, I decided to come back to Sydney. When I came back to Sydney, I went to a yoga class and I met this really wonderful lady who was the yoga teacher. And we had, after a period of time, a very uh, heated affair. And then I left uh, to go back to New York and she went to India. But when she got to India, she got hit by a motorbike which got infected on the leg. And so she rang me in New York, said, should I come to New York? I said, why don't you come to New York? So she came to New York and got a job teaching yoga in a yoga school and we moved in together while she taught in that yoga school. And that's where Madonna and Sting and a lot of the other people who I got to meet through her, um, I made those connections. After we left uh, New York, when our, our visas ran out in New York, we went to India to live. And that's where I met Patabi Joyce. And, and, and Gloria Estefan and other people down in, in India and got to know all about yoga and, and all the things. And I met the Dalai Lama and some, some, uh, some amazing people through that visit down there. Then after we came back to Sydney, we started a yoga school together, but we broke up. 
Um, and then I met a, a lady who was a book writer, and she eventually shagged my son. But first, she introduced me to a publisher who eventually published my first book, which was really nice because in the process I met Virginia, and Virginia and I moved to New York to open an office for real just before the World Trade Center collapsed and our house burnt down when we came back to Australia. I think I might finish the story now. <laughs>